It's a nice day outside. It is. It's a beautiful day. It's a gorgeous Saturday afternoon in March. Hello and welcome to Theory Talk. Uh, I am Joseph Weissman, uh, along here with your co-host Taylor Atkins. Hello. Hey, Taylor. Um, So... We are a weird and wonderful theory podcast, and what that means is is sometimes hard to totally circumscribe, but Theory Talk's a project of ours where we record our jam sessions and us just talking about theory together, um, which we do anyway. So we're just trying to plug in the machine to something we're naively, innocently doing without shame in our lives in the first place. Um, and so trying to create a space where we can uh, just, you know, valorize thinking for its own sake and, and studying other people's work and projects. And um, so some of the things we've done include uh, interviews and things like that um, and some some sort of roundtable discussions with other, other thinkers as well. Um, anyway, a lot of, I'm giving a lot of ums and stuff in here. But, uh, yeah, but, but we're but, warming up. <laughs> we're warming up. But we'll, the thing I wanted to get to was... There's um, a lot of ways to get in touch with us and to feed us episode concepts. One of the things we're thinking about doing is creating kind of a little discussion group, maybe a kernel or nucleus of our biggest supporters, and give you guys an opportunity to to join in in our discussions and try to help you know give us thoughts and ideas about you know what would be interesting for you guys to hear um, and for us to talk about. Um, because obviously we've got our own projects and, and concerns, but the, this whole this whole thing is a feedback loop for us. I think is one of the things, and we're trying to, you know, we want to understand where you guys are coming from, and so you can get at, you can get at us on Twitter at theory underscore talk. I think it's right. Yep. And our email is theory talk is at gmail dot com. Uh, so reach out to us at those places. Um, and you can follow us on Patreon. That's right. For exclusive content at a very modest price of uh, $1 a month for virtually all the content we've got. And so support us if, if you are so inclined. And uh, subscribe yeah. to us on whatever yes. format, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever format you listen to our podcast on. Please, uh, please subscribe and and, and, sh- and share our share the good news. Yeah, of, of theory talk. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah, I think there's a, a a lot we've been up to, but um, I, I I think we're still kind of processing Simone and stuff. I think probably at an unconscious level, like all this stuff about. Crystals. Crystal. I mean, just the transcendental genesis of form, mm-hmm. you know, from a set of topological limits that right. are, like, defined and surpassed by, like, the living form or the crystal or, I mean, again, like, the the thought. Like, I think that's maybe the thing I keep circling around. It's like the, the transcendental genesis of cognition and, like, is there a transcendental cognition and what body does that? And it's... I mean, is this where a kind of Spinozism creeps back in, 
where you know we we find a kind of parallelism between living things and I don't know even if it's like imminent to them like right. this this structuring form. But I mean, maybe this is just like the real hierarchy in nature. Like there is a real abstraction, as it were, like a concrete one in the gen- genetic code, for instance, right? This like this living language that every living thing understands um, and was written billions of years ago. You know what I mean? And like um, is is the thing we have in common. And, you know, every 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 creature has their own like more specialized you know thing that they're but it's like it is one huge language right Right. even though there's like these local dialects and jargons and so on um and i guess one thing maybe it's always a drift right it is a drift and that and maybe that's it right like because that language at least for living things on earth right and this is all we've got i guess right but I keep thinking about like the zoo dynamics, right? Like not like in just in human language, like obviously animal spirits, animal metaphors are like omnipresent. We live in a jungle, so to speak, right? But like the the idea that like at a cognitive level and like why do we why are animals so interesting to children, right? Like well they're just they're animate and vital and like obviously like living forms are like kind of endlessly entertaining and from a certain just abstract point of view, right? But I mean, I think <laughs> You know, we've got baked in aversions and revulsions to certain body forms and structures in the animal kingdom. Like I think of spiders, right? Yep. Um, and snakes. Timo right? says something about spiders and snakes uh, that it, it got left out of the original publication in '64 of the the physico biological genesis of the individual, and he has a, but it's it's re included in the in the the a finalized publication recently, but he talks about the spider is perhaps unsettling due to the fact that it's uh, it doesn't have the cephalocaudal um, sort of axis upon yeah. which most animals are oriented, and so it is it is imminently disorienting dis, disorienting for the subject who perceives it because it doesn't have. Um, a kind of symmetrical, uh, localizable um, form. It's a form that sort of overflows the... And there's something about the, the snake, too, wherein it can coil in upon itself. And so it doesn't have a, a trajectory in the, in the same sense as most animals, and this is partly why it's, why it's threatening uh, to, to, the, to, to the one who perceives it. But then, mm-hmm. of course... One would wager, and this is you know evidenced in the great story about Adam and Eve, that there's something about the biologically ingrained in us about an instinct to avoid dangerous animals, and yeah, spiders, yeah. and, and no, snakes no, no. being this part is, of that. This is closer to what I'm getting at because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you know, again, I, I, this is why I tried to d- detach the point about language and culture, but it's like it's hard to fully fully detach those things, but like. The, the idea being something like that we've got baked into us like a, a full set of of each of the species, you know, or at least to some degree, to the degree that your you know, like that your body needs to know about those kinds of bodies or something right. like this, right? right? Like, And I mean, it, it, it may just be like just a base kind of identification of like, well, any other kind of body 
it's got to be like me and you know if it makes noises and moves I've got to be careful about it and try to understand it and so behaviorally you know a lot of animal species are going to have models of the other species you know at least cognitively and may you know maybe this I guess the thought is that it's really this kind of behaviorally that we need to know about the different kinds of bodies and how they can behave and you know what that means for our body you know our yep. and so like every animal's got a point of view on every other animal mm. would be the suggestion and they all kind of have this very cynical like from their own viewpoint take right. on like the whole but I, I just love this idea that like in our dna as it were is written all the other animals this is one of the points that D and G are getting at about i mean we could say symbiosis but it's really a, a sin a sin technology right like where it's like we've we've cross-coded the wasp and the orchid like they're it's it's right. written the image instead of being actually related genealogically as it were right like it's genealogy is transcendental it's like it's it, it's taken the optical derivation of the wasp and turned that into you know what i mean it's like it doesn't even have eyes to see yeah, that, it, that it could transcode the image but nevertheless it has the image written into it right um, that that aspect of well that's what Deleuze and Guattari called this surplus value of, of code this uh, this this ability for for different species to to interact um, in such a way that um, something is something is extracted and, and, and you, you mentioned symbiosis but it's 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 more of this fortuitous co-evolution um, because as we know um, one of the things that Simon Dome brings up in the in the living world is is uh, these two different types of symbioses um, one of which is um, one of which is Heterophysial is the way he'll, he'll call it, and the other is homophysial, and and so um, parasites are more heterophysial insofar as they do not what? heterophysial like fusus like uh, uh, they they are of different natures and yet they co-evolve within shared milieus. So the um, whereas some a homophysial sim- symbiote would be like a like a pregnant mother with its child, and he, 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 he brings up one of these biologists um, who who gives him this term, uh, Rabot. He he turns to Rabot for all of this zoological knowledge, and Rabot Rabot brings up this idea that well, is it true that the uh, pregnant mother is being parasited upon by? By the by, the young by the by by what's and, and and by that meaning does it does it detract from her forces of what what she as a body can do? And he says actually it's 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 quite complicated because uh, there's all kinds of biological benefits. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, um, added bonuses and, and protections. Even even. Um, an added physical movement, one would think that the, the pregnant mother would, would be sort of hampered by the extra weight, but in fact the body compensates. And it's all, you could say, and, and so in that sense the, the, the pregnant mother is not, it's not a parasite truly speaking, but you know, there is a point at which the parasite, um, like, like an immoral or amoral act in ethics, he'll say, it, it, 
it disrupts and discoordinates um, various acts to the point where it puts itself, its own life at, at, at threat by decomposing the, the body off which it's feeding. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I love this because it's like in pregnancy we see this thing of like, it's a parasite, but it's the most selfish thing you can do to, to in a certain way. Sorry, it's a strange way to put it, I guess. Well, from the point of view like, of the species. From the point of view of the, right, from, mm-hmm. from the point of view of like the reproduction. Yes. And I think that's where like the, again, the light, you know, the, the transfiguration at the heart of the power of speciation that life has, again, is this like this adaptability of the code. The point of the code is that it can change, mm-hmm. right? The point, right. the point of the, the coding is that it's not that it's, stabilizes a flux. And I think this would be the point about pregnancy and, and parasitism is like every organ is a parasite, right? Like every bacterium is a parasite on the milieu and environment in which it lives. This is the big point, I, or one big point about Simondon is these, again, these topological spaces that yeah. when they get complicated enough and involve different kinds of limits, right? Like can can achieve this, comp, you know, whatever, this, this mm-hmm. hyper complex space of durations interacting in a cyclical kind of like you know again a, a, a cycle a ring yeah. a structure of like you know symmetry transformations yes. that kind of brings you back to the beginning you know what i mean you're back to this plastic and you achieve this metastability right and so it's like this this power is at work in the living form and mm. it's even a danger to it to any like stable structure that the I don't know. I, I mean, the infinite variation in which the code is a, a floating, floating on, right? That it's that it, uh, yeah, it's uh, and, and for, the, di- the dialectic between organic variation and stratification. You, that's you, right. You, you translate a very beautiful paper on just to, just to point to some of the context here, not to not to put you on the spot about it. Sure. But. No, that's uh, no, you're right. There's a there's a great paper by Jerome Rosenvallen who uh, has written two books on Deleuze and Guattari. Um, he, I translated an article for him in 2012 on. Um, on, on infinite variation and organic stratification, and this, uh, he 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 really takes seriously Deleuze and Guattari in a in a very scientific manner, in a very scholarly manner, and puts them in dialogue with Darwin. And um, but you know to add Simon Dome back into this, one thing that really um, accentuates the transition from purely physical individuation to organic individuation is the fact that. Uh, the individuations of which organic, of biological um, beings partake is the fact that the transformations defy a Euclidean chronology and topology. And so for him to understand life and, you know, further out to, to, to build life from elementary um, units, one would need to be able to operate on a non-Euclidean uh, topology and chronology. And failing that, you know, we can't truly um, get at the the very kernel of biological individuation. No, I, I, I love that. And I think it, I mean, again, I, the thing I would think about is learning and healing as like a model for this kind of non, or this kind of suspension of all the things you think you know mm-hmm. about the milieu and about its structure and about the way you and your lines fit into its structure, right. physi- you know, the way your physiology works, if that makes sense. And, you, you and know. for Deleuze, learning takes place in the unconscious, um, and 
thereby it goes it's it's above and behind our backs as individuals it's it's much more um in line with this flux of individuation of which we are part yet not aware of directly right it's it's um but that's all no that's interesting like your 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 blindness to the distinction that you represent matters right like and there is this thing about I think Delisa says it well in the logic of sense stuff. Maybe this can be a way to talk about like how codes work, right? Is that you can you can never say the sense of the thing you're saying currently. You need an additional sense utterance, yes. right, to like to articulate the sense of what you just said. And once you've done that, you've made a bigger set of propositions that themselves stand in you know are, are ambiguous until you've clarified their sense. And it's this like. This indetermination that works by making decisions, taking steps, the, like that is how we get through a sentence, and like we like we land on different points or words or, th- right. or themes according to our unconscious, according to the, the the structure and cycle of the thought that most of which is made up behind our backs, as you're saying. Right? Yeah, like works in at a level that we're not able to directly observe, but in, but infer, um, and. And yeah, but I guess the point is you can get to know it or something. Like this, this would be one of the the logics of like you know, and and there's a there's a way to try to change your point of view about it. I guess would be the other thing, right? Like, or this is the thing about a code. You have to put yourself in the frame of mind of the machine that's reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the machine that reads the DNA code isn't like a rationally organized machine, right. <laughs> like from you know, it's like well, it's the same as the language of the unconscious, right? Yeah, yeah, or just human language, you mm-hmm. know, is another good example of like it, it, it appears to have this you know rational superstructure of the universal forms, but in fact, it's mobilized eternally by forces that that like transform it, and right. then it, it's really built on this this drifting, intensive, like augmented, like a like a it's a higher order of, of power that's like only we're capturing like a minimal version of it or something, right? And, and I think this is the thing about like, at, at, the, at some level in biology, it's like, the, you know, there's, the, the, the individual is like a moment. They're like a step. Mm-hmm. And, and again, in this, this process where we're like slowly dissociating forms or reassociate, like, like, transforming the society of forms that are interacting together in the living in the living body um and yeah i don't know there's like there's the there's an an intensive vital wave at, at, at work and i think this is like the infinite variation that like is is traversing every body at every time and it's like it's even a risk right like you know that it overflows it's it's boundaries mm-hmm. right and like like i guess this is the point that the DNA, dna code barely works like barely like and i guess this is the point about rationality and but it, you could argue it's the most rational engineer in the world you know who who only builds a, a bridge that it's just about to fall down you know what i mean like this is the hard thing about building a living thing like build something that lives for an instant you know like just just almost starts becoming a perpetual motion machine but doesn't quite do it you know something like this well yeah i mean in, in part of the the logic behind you know individuals and, and species for for simodon is is it's no longer about uh the classical specific difference in, in genera it's it's more about this transductive relation of the individual 
and the milieu, the pre-individual milieu, which in fact is also the trans-individual uh, yeah. in, in essence. So it's that it's the fact that individuals carry around with them, with within them, and are plugged outside of them into these uh, these pre-individual milieus on which they s- sustain themselves and on which they are propelled through met- metastability. That. Um, the individual is a moment uh, with respect to the collective of which it cannot be thought apart and insofar as it is a part of uh, it is a part of that collective well one of the examples he gives is looking at sponges you know That's these cool. are more elementary animal forms and how they, there's various species of sponges that um, can reproduce uh, in, 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 in ways such that they're always um, more that, that each each little uh, new budding is it's it's actually like this is the kind of um, well one of the the types of reproduction is schizogony where the where the splitting know, where there's a splitting um, there's there's other forms of, but that's the most elementary and so like the the buds that come out of these various sponges are generally more than an individual insofar as they could become a colony of their own yeah. and, and always less than a colony insofar as they are still in that individual state. But they have the potential, the, the dynamic to, to reconstitute a colony at, at any um, given enough either time or distance from the original colony. Given the right milieu. Yeah. Given the right um, conditions, right, of yeah. milieu and... And so there's something really unique about the sponge that that it is it 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 it, uh, it crystallizes plant and seed at once. Yeah, plant and seed, uh, individual and collective. Um, but this is how he defines um, the individual in general, because for him, the individual is more than um, it's more than its own unity. Yeah. It's more than its own identity. It insofar as it always is in relation with a pre-individual milieu that precedes it and of which it is in uh, uh, in touch in various ways and other milieus that it annexes. Deleuze and Guattari take this, uh, this notion of an annexed milieu as a given for not just biological, but you think of the crystal of physical um, individuations that they have to have a, an energy source. Yeah. Um, and the more complex we get, we see that there are various sources of energy that are required, um, not just any one um, milieu. And, but, I mean, Deleuze relies so much on this notion of milieus from Simondon in order to forego the macroscopic view that, that, that indicates the history of philosophy and its, and its preference to this pre-individual field of singularities, right? That that we can't understand the crystal as a crystal from its perspect from the perspective of it as a crystal we have to think of it um, as a germ that amplifies a resonance with respect to a milieu that gives it uh, the potentials that allows it to structure and and that's that the essence of the crystal is so if it can be taken as an example of all individuation it's because it has moments of modulation and demodulation that it's 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 able to grow along its edges in this um in this way that provides the best insight to the most primordial forms of 
of individuation. Um, but the crystal is only an example, and, and he, but he, he turns its process, its operations uh, of structuring and you know, converting structures, um, he, he, he universalizes those processes analogically and deploys them on the various regimes of individuation from the physical through the biological and the psychical to the overall to the trans-individual. And um, it's, it's the trans-individual that he turns to Nietzsche to, really? uh, to, yeah. to, to exemplify this. He turns to thus spoke Zarathustra and Zarathustra mourning for the, uh, the, <clears throat> the fallen tightrope walker and and he takes uh, he takes the body of the Tyro Walker up to the mountain and and he has this trial this ordeal of this ordeal of anxiety of separating himself from the collective and he can't solve the problems of individuation alone but it prepares his way to re-enter the sphere of the collective uh, with with a new um, Sort of with a new angle, and and it's it's this. So it's that moment of. Um, I mean, that's how he defines anxiety, right? Is that anxiety is is this attempt yet failure to individuate or to solve problems without recourse to uh, to the collective, and and it's that uh, it's that incapacity that ultimately forces us to. To uh, to have to engage in societal to, to life think. and and well, and and that's right and also to, which is I was just say it's almost the opposite of engaging to some degree but like it's to it, do both it, it, we're forced to do both right yeah and and the but I, but I was gonna say yeah. real quick just about the model of crystallization is a model of learning right like it's a model of formalization of a structure that solves problems I guess this is the point crystalline flaws or defects are like they solved a topological problem, like a very right. co complex physical mathematical problem of like, how do I realize all these complex limits, you know, of like topological constraints together mm -hmm. at once, right? And it like automate the crystal and structure automates the solution and solving and learning of these problems of how to work around right. flaws in the medium, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's when it encounters a quote unquote singularity that the crystal will evolve and bloom and develop all these reactive and it's purely reactive because it's just it's chemical reactions you know what i mean you have to have it's reacting to information yeah right and mm. this is why it's like you know i don't know the 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 spiritual model of life or something like this right but like without a any mysticism whatsoever right if that makes sense like it's a purely materialist conception of like the way in which it is a plastic mutability that solves a problem Right. It's a catch sight of the crystal in, in becoming, of, of the crystal. It's really of the in, infinitive, you know, to crystallize, right? Yeah. Like, and as you can, you can, you can see it in, in any structure that has the right conditions to, to form these topological limits to solve them, L like an equation, right? Like, and even soap bubbles, you know what I mean? This is a, a common, like, thing people raise in, in computer science is that, like, Soap bubbles seem to solve topological problems very efficiently versus like we have to, you know, to train a computer to do it in the naive kind of way is like right. asking it to do something very hard. But soap bubbles do it effortlessly. You know, nature hides all its complex information processing inside of these natural processes that we can, that life really just largely taps into, if that makes sense. Like, you know, even the, I don't know.
I mean, like, the technology in your body is, like, orders of magnitude more efficient in some ways than, like, anything humans can build, right? This is, like, the wisdom <laughs> inherent in our bodies, and the genetic code that runs it is, like, it's, like, again, written by aliens billions of years ago. It's going to take us a long time to, like, fully decode it at a semantic level that we can, like, create things. But, you know, in principle, it's just long enough, you know? We can we can learn the, the logic of it. Um, but... I was going to say that life clearly seems to take advantage of certain quantum effects and so on, right? Like of having, you know, the, the, this this thing about the first industrial revolution occurs at the molecular level of, you know, like different tiny molecular machines. Like this is life, right? Like it's machinery. It's industrialism at the molecular level. Industrialization of these reactive chemical equations. Right? Yeah, mitochondria are the little, the little factories yeah. of the cells. And, um... and there's a whole intellectual... Like space, that's what the code is. That's what the coding processes are. Right. They're like this this repetition reproduction dynamic that like sustains the identities of of the forms like over time. Right. Like it's the I don't know. There is a like Plato's right. There's a very exact kind of analogy with human societies like in your body. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a, a whole writing machine right of of molecules called transcriptase. Right, to where you're right. like that help like the decoding and parsing and transfer and again like maybe computers aren't so different in a certain way than like these these coding machines inside of us right that code and process and translate things and um, you know maybe we'll be able to tap in and cry. I mean like in a way that's singularity right like tapping into the information processes already at work in the living form but like they're this alien encrypted super technology you know that's like again kind of I don't know. It's, I think it's hard for us to recognize that, to some, or at least that, that it's like it is utterly alien. Mm. You know what I mean? Like even though it seems like I don't know. I, I, I think we we know so so much about like the evolution and like the the embryogenesis, but like I, I think there's something about that infinite variation in organic stratification paper that made me realize like we're not even framing the problems right. Like to begin to get a I don't know, and, th and this I think is what the um, the Longo Montevi stuff maybe I don't know, made me think about too, in terms of just like the theoretical biology and like you know it's and 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 I guess just to try to link it back to Simone about like our the individuation of our knowledge of inert and vital systems, right? right. Like it's like these things have to be cross-threaded. This is why I think the crystal is so useful because it's a, it's a model that's like clearly important in understanding how life is solving complicated problems in real time right. without the use of big complicated computers, right? Like, that's the mystery, right? Like, how does it solve all these complicated... But then you see physical systems like soap bubbles and crystals that don't seem to be doing conscious calculation. It's more like nature itself does physics as part of how it works. You know what I mean? It's, like, capable of maximize You know, even the inert is capable of a form of computation in the sense of, like, minim minima, maxima topological, you know, like, constraint kind of solution problems. Right? Mm -hmm. it, it, I think it does them because it has to. It's not like anyone wills it to do it or right. like it wants to or something like that, right? Like, it's more, I don't know, I don't know, is it a, I, this is something Longo and Montevi talk about, is that the word law is kind of badly applied to natural forces and right. dynamics. I think this almost gets at the point I really want to make, which is like, again, an intensive natural flux that's like, I, again, I think you said it well. It's like pre-individual, but that also means non-vital, like or at least in its essence, right? Like in that, 
or at least that that form recurs of this dyad of the vital structure and its quote unquote milieu. Insofar and that, as and that yeah. milieu could be vital in turn, but it's like at a different order in the thing. Right. I mean, know? insofar like, as the vital would indicate in individuated beings, or a or what or, or would indicate individuals. Um, no, yes, the pre-individual yeah, right. would be pre-vital, but at the same time, it's it's like para-vital, right? It's like surrounding life and is the source. I mean, milieu literally is like the mid-place. It's the it's the middle ground for um, for individuations to to arise out of, right? Because before individuation, we um, we don't have the if you will, we don't have the crystallized structure that would be the individual. Uh, but afterwards, we do have a a sort of there is a separation of the individual from the, individ- the pre-individual milieu, and yet at the same time, that individual can't be thought of as a complete being without reference to the pre-individual uh, milieu from which it arose and with which it is in touch and which it carries inside of it. And it's that pre-individual milieu, that metastability that we we carry within ourselves that uh, becomes structured as we individuate such that um, each individuation leaves less metastability to to uh, to rework. There's a there's this accumulation of little deaths inside of us, like like the like the way the star eats eats away its hydrogen to helium and converts it all the way to iron such you know to a point where um it can no longer continue this uh the same with the individual and for simondon this isn't necessarily a bad thing because individuals in their relation to the collective in their uh depositing of 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 their code you know death is is not a negative, and uh, it's it's inevitable, but but structurally inevitable. It's it's a part of the process. It's a part of the operation. Well, the uh, the individual has to give back to the pre-individual. I think is the thing you're saying, right? Like they're they're they only exist as long as they're crystallized. So when they lose that, you know, form that keeps them re- repeating as individuated as as people, or as, you know, as, well, I guess we should just say individuals, right? Because we're not necessarily talking about society. It could be a lot of things, right? Like, and because this is ontogenesis, too. It's about the genesis of separated beings in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. I guess this is the thing I'm I'm really thinking about, is this, like, logic of distinction, where it's like, the way you frame it, it seems like the individual has to be a function of a collective, right? Like, in other words, they can... Only do with what biologically at least. Well, yes. right. They're they're made of what the the pre individual collective milieu space is, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were, at least physically, they are composed of elements drawn from those milieu, right? And then, but I guess the point is behaviorally, you know, like once you become an individual, you're out for yourself. You know what I mean? That's like you're you're no longer you can be made a function like retroactively but like by the time you've permitted an individuated separated being to exist it's out of the barn i don't know that's the thing i'm thinking is that it's like um why should it want to return at least to this collective to the same collective it does it 
is there an obligation to reject? I don't, I'm not necessarily for yeah. But this this gets back to the information stuff because you know when when we look at sponges and and get back to this question, it's not just a question of of separating individual from colony, but separating uh, individuals from each other. And for Simon Doan, this is where he defines uh, individuals as each wherein each wherein there is a different regime of information um, there we have a, a different individual and so when all individuals say like share um, share a share a heart or a body and and, and their uh, the slow means of, of transmitting messages uh, is all within the same regime then we have then we can say we have one individual well, like, I guess I'm trying to talk about like maybe in He's like a Lamarckianism, right? Mm -hmm. Like where it's, it's like within the course of one individual's life, they would undergo a transformation. And it's, it's clear you need these transitional figures, or at least logically it feels like you need them, right? Or at least like that there would be this, I don't know, Stephen Jay Gould talks about punctuated equilibria, like long periods of time where things are stable plateaus and most ecosystems are kind of have reached, you know, kind of an interstability where their web makes sense mm -hmm. and then some catastrophe happens and then everything has to be re rebuilt and you've got... A tiny periods of flux, right, and then things achieve metastability again, right? And I mean, this makes sense, right? Like, but you know, it does it does seem to imply this much more rapid pace at a certain time where, again, you you, you end up re letting Lamarck in by the back door, right? Like, if there are these hyper accelerated phases or gener even if they're spread out over long generations of small changes, I guess, right? Like, it still seems to say, well, okay, there's a there's a learning happening. There's like, there's something like, you know, and look, it's just overproduction, it's natural selection, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's a more vital, intensive, life is, this is how life learns. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, you know, it's a machine, a machinic dynamism where it's like experimenting with these different ways of using what the collective is given. And I think this is what the tightrope walker is about. It's not pity for the collective. No, so you know what I'm saying. No, no right? it's not. Like, okay, maybe we could. No, it's not because the crowd uh, cheers him while he's on the rope, but when he falls to his death, the crowd leaves him just broken, and it's it's Zarathustra who remains behind, and uh, and it's 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 this this is the sort of the undergoing of the ordeal of anxiety that one doesn't do it once we don't do this once and for all it's anxiety is always is always in lying in wait it's always being prepared uh and it but part of anxiety is positive for Simon Doan insofar as it um it opens up the affect and the emotion uh in the last instance of the feeling that other here's and nows are possible than than my hexaity in this in this here and now, and that gap, that discrepancy, that disparity between um, the here and now given and the possibility of other here's and nows is something that Nietzsche talks about, kind of in the in the eternal return, uh, one could say. Or, but it's but it's about it's about individuating otherwise, being individuated otherwise, and that's why the body with organs. Uh, as Deleuze and Guattari bring it up, it's not against the organs, it's against the organization well, of the, the organs. Totally, and I think maybe similarly we could say it's like, it's not like the tightrope walker makes his life into this metamorphosis or transfiguration on behalf of a collective. It's not to make himself a function necessarily of the preservation of the species. Um, it's to be something that endangers that 
the 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 how able we are to maintain the the preservation of of our of our distinction and 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 specializations mm. in, into the structures that we have now. Um, something that could change that. That's what the Walker I think represents. That's why it's trans individual. I think as opposed to the collective, right? Because it's like collectivity. I think is like mm. you know reproduction of, of the stable image, right? Like, of, of the code, right? That, like... Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Like, even... You can see it in your body, like, the, the, the difficult challenge of conserving the integrity of the code, right? Right. Like, it's, like, the most holy inner sanctum of the cell where it, like, protects this thing, you know, that, like, that is the... that is the message is passing forth. This is, I guess, the information theory bit of it. And it's, like the risk of changing the message. This, I think, is the real, like, the stakes of whatever, biotechnology. And again, to some degree, whatever, like artificial intelligence and all this stuff, this, like, thing of creating, you know, new new modes of experiencing the world, new new models of, of cognition and expression. Um, I, I mean, from a certain bestowing positive perspective it's like great we need more points of view on life we need more points of evidence we need more experiments but it seems kind of brutal you know like we have to be I think I don't know that we need to bring some ethics into it there needs to be an aesthetic approach to it. it it can't be you know creation of consciousness for profit you know like we have to be I don't know that's well that, that you sound like Guattari right? right the ethical aesthetic paradigms shifting uh, I mean for for Some, something other than a moralism, in other right. words, that would just say restrict all of it. Don't don't mess with the sanctity of life. Don't build minds in the image of man, but rather we need to do so in according to an ethics and an aesthetics. We need an ethics and aesthetics that could be worthy of these powers that we've been granted, and that and that we're going to destroy ourselves right. with if we don't have you know. And moralisms will keep us from seriously thinking about them and imagining we don't have these powers when we're using them to destroy destroy ourselves well this is why Simo Don ends his, his work he concludes his work uh, with a, an eye towards uh, this this theory of an ethics of, of the act right and that and that the the moral act is sort of open in time and it redounds upon and is redounded upon other moral acts such that connections can be established, there can be a resonance of these acts um, and it's very much like the, the resonance that the crystal is, is, is open up to um, it, it's, it's always open up to an outside that uh, but it structures within and so it creates these interior and exterior milieus that, that are in communication, it yeah. establishes communication instead of disrupting uh, disrupting it if if that's possible for for Simon Doe, because I think for him the question of the immoral or amoral act and its possibility is a question of kind of like maybe Leibniz or Spinoza thinking like do we have enough knowledge we mere you know humans is it possible for us to to judge um, because Nietzsche would say we're we're judge and jury when we judge life and the value of life absolutely right so. Um, but at the same time, and I think this might be a good place to, to pause for the day, um, and I'll let you have the last word, but one thing that's interesting about science, and yes, it, it, 
philosophy is propelled and driven by science to, to reformulate and recreate its its concepts to ever push in order to think the the, the genesis of thinking. But at the same time, as you're saying, um, and as Guattari warns us, we should it shouldn't be just as art for art's sake is politically castrating, um, science for science's sake can be politically uh, exploited, and and that's why an ethical aesthetic paradigm would provide you know frameworks within which science could be put to use other than merely the the extraction of surplus value of, yeah man no yeah. I, I mean at a certain level it's just sort of like you're not going to get good on on a science about life unless you're willing to appreciate its poetics and that life is a poetics and it has to be an experiment but it's like it's sort of like this is such a rare viewpoint you know what i mean this is the real thing and it's like i Something you said about like resonance and distributing the information, I think that's very beautiful. And I think like that's one of the things Guattari is onto, which is like, you know, don't discount the possibility of a mass enlightenment where we're able to use these new technologies to quickly, you know, like heighten the visual acuity of individuals with regards to the their you know, the fate that their characters are shaping for themselves, right? And so but you know, I mean I think that, just to get back to the animals for a moment, right, like I think we reach for animal spirits and signs and discourse, I think often like when we reach for any other sign, when we have something obscure that we need to say indirectly, that it's sort of, it's too close and too far, we need, you know, we need these images to help us reason about it, you know, so it's like, I think zoology is like layered over and onto our our culture and our way of thinking about the world, and it's like, I think there is like a static image of of the current phase of things where there is this equilibrium in our in our minds and it is hard to kind of snap out and see the idea that we could overturn fixism and we could we could transform living you know the the living the, 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 we could transform life into mm-hmm. something else and that um, this is this is something I don't know yeah, 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 I really think it's it's that yeah, I, I don't know. I keep thinking about the the idea of in in meditation, right? Like you're it, it's so much of it seems to be about like getting in touch with your own body and like like heeding the wisdom of of the the animal knowledge within you, if that makes sense, right? Like, and it's not just a knowledge of other animals right. and other bodies in the world, but a knowledge of of the world and there's you know um i don't know that i mean this is like the the one unity of all the mystical traditions is that they say do single pointed meditation and you know like find your own guideposts and like you know right. build build for yourself something that makes sense and you know re- recognize how sacred and holy life really is you know unlike these people who want to moralize and condemn it and 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 tell us it's it's something shameful, but also so sacred we can't touch it. And you know, I don't know. There's all these impossible, impossible things layered over it. And anyway, I don't know. I just, I, I, I love your point about the, the, the crystallization of of moral acts and like, but I guess the the point is I I think there's a similar thing for ethical aesthetics as well mm. and like for overturning the, the conservation of of these moralisms and, and I don't know finding something that can. It can permit life to to develop otherwise, and anyway, like this is the the, the real thing I'm 
I'm hopeful we'll we'll start to to see is is a is a different way to think about the living form and maybe life in general. I I don't know. It it does seem like all the existing sciences sort of have a punitive model that's like way too focused on individuals and understanding things solely through the the frame of of like individuals and not I don't know not the 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 full space of 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 life and its intensive reality and I don't know this I guess is the dream that we can actually get get poets in charge and and think think in a way that like brings the humanities and the hard sciences together and I I, I mean I, I I guess this is the real point it's like human society is divided into these specializations and all these discourses that that mirror the animal spirits by which they're identified or they each have their own gilded or you know gildic you know kind of you like to talk about the refrains of each of the trades and right guess but the point would be how they all form a kingdom together or they all form a, a you know a song together as they're like kind of playing and interacting um, and yeah, I don't know that's the that's I, I think we've we've got this like this ecology within us and it's like a galaxy of like forces and interaction and um, I don't know the real question is how to escape how to find something else and how to not think of that as you know as everything in the last instance the individual kind of is is a, a is a zero right like in from the perspective of the of the species and especially the rare fortunate exceptions that happen to be forerunners of other kind of things, right? Like, you know, of course the tiger walker is nothing to the crowd. No no one is anything, right? Like, that's the, you know, the last, I don't know, the last judgment that we want to put into the mouth of life, right? And this is a, it sounds pessimistic or nihilistic or something, but it's like, it can be the beginning of a new appreciation of life and for a new understanding of life is, is this experiment and we don't need to take it you know, or ourselves quite so seriously, or the specialized discourse of experts and their nonsense. And I mean, language is for us to all talk together. Like the language of, you know, DNA unites us all. And we're all living, all living things. Um, anyway, we need we need language to, to bring us together, not not blast us apart. This is my hope for mass enlightenment that we can find ways of speaking that are less fragmented. That, divide us less, that, that find ways of actually bringing us together in a useful way. It's like, you know, each of the m media revolutions, right, like inspires a new war, you know, and for books it was hundreds of years of religious war, right? When, it, we, when we connected society, when we plugged in all the, all the different musics together to hear what they sound like, it's, it's cacophony until it stabilizes, until right. a new higher order of things is developed. And, um, I mean, I don't know, this is, again, I feel like we're going to get moralistic reactions to, like, what the Internet has done in terms of fusing all of these individuals into a new a new collective that doesn't have its internal co coherency and consistency worked out. All the parts aren't aligned and resonant and forming a higher-order machine yet, you know? They're they're breaking each other down and attack and falling to... But, like, precisely this is what is needed in order right. to, to, like, give birth to a new higher-order thing, is, like, to actually reason and work... Through, and it... I mean, it feels like, you know, every generation has to battle a new form of, you know, like, um, con you know, 
it's like, it's this paradox of like a, a conservative in revolution. You know what I mean? It's like, it is this thing of like trying to preserve the old order and it just becomes increasingly frantic because it's like the order keep, itself keeps changing so rapidly, right? And like the thing itself is, is moving over the course of an individual's life. So what you've defended and reacted against at one point is precisely what you have to, you know, like do the other side of it a different one, right? Like the, the, pa the pace of change is caught up to the scale of the individual life. Right. I think is the thing maybe that, that feels like future shock to us because we can see the, the yawning gap of technical advancement just in a few short years. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think all of us want something that just says, okay, fine, just, just give it up and don't, don't worry about things so much. And, and look, it would be it would be great to find find things that, that genuinely relieved us of our of our burden, and we shouldn't be so weighted down by all these crises everyone talks about. I'm I'm really just trying to raise the the, the worry that we'll get react you know reactionary laws that want to clamp down on general purpose computing or just in, you know the internet in general or you know bio bio experimentation all these things like we desperately need a new theoretical biology a new theoretical computer science new theoretical sociology to deal with the new social forms today and like to, to find ways of making making them practical but um but yeah i don't know it feels like we're 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 much more likely to instead of that ethical aesthetic approach to planetary governance right we're gonna get a moralistic let's shut everything down let's like let's stay away from these spooky recesses that seem to go creep deep into infinity and where we can't quite see the end of these questions because we're one part of them, or sort of like we're a midpoint on, on them mm -hmm. or something, you know? And um, Yeah, I don't know. I just have a feeling we're stepping into the eye of the storm here around some of these things, and it's going to be... Um, yeah, I think... It's, anyway, it's going to be a challenge to bring bring some light around the, the questions and the problems of life moving forward, and... I, I guess I'm really just trying to talk about, like, how, you know, how do you think we can get healthier perspectives on... On evolution and you know social transformation and I mean just maybe cultural development just more generally is the real question I'm trying to frame something about here and about like I don't know the evolution of values I feel like this is the thing about right. tra transcendental genesis that is the real question it's like how like I don't know this is something Nietzsche brings up over and over again how like the character of one generation informs the next but it's like a reaction and so it's like you set up these like long machineries that like take a long time to play out and by the time they do it's like you've lost the track of what right. they were doing in the first place or something um, but, but I don't know I mean I guess, I guess the point of that would be that our problems are going to be unrecognizable from a certain perspective and this is I think why it can be can be nice to study philosophy and to take a few centuries of distance between yourself and the, the problems of today. It can be a nice uh, narcotic that way, a way to isolate yourself. It can also be a stimulant. Yeah, from, yeah, can to to try to find some action and power in the world and increase your your power of thinking and reasoning. So.